Hey, girlies, welcome to the fourth division of Tear the Community Apart, episode 100, Civil War, uh, a grand celebration of Crisis Twink's 100th episode. We are going through 64 of the Tear the Community Apart winners to determine the best song of all time. By now, you have heard the first three divisions, uh, Monday through Wednesday. Today is Thursday. You are sick of this. I am sick of this. We are all sick of this, but we have a job to do, and that is to uh, burn Earth to the ground as we know it, uh, dance in the ashes to whatever song wins this bracket. Um, I am joined today by two absolute fan favorites. You know them, you love them. They are musical historians and experts and who better than to uh, take on this responsibility, but also mostly a burden um, with me. Please welcome uh, Bobby Highland and Mike Leo. Hello, thank you for having us. Hi, Classy Mama. So excited <laughs> to be back. Yay! Classy Mama. I love it. No, I'm, I, I, this is truly like a murderer's row as the kids did it. Well, kids in the 1920s said that, but yeah, like we're, we're really, um, we're really about to do the thing today. Like, how are y'all doing today? Are you feeling prepped, ready, uh, excited? There is nothing I enjoy more than arguing about music. So I am raring to go. Incredible. Like I couldn't agree more. I've been, I rested up specifically for this. I got a full eight hours. So like, I'm, I'm really ready. <laughs> we got, um, we got quite the lineup today too, but there is one thing I want to touch on first. Um, I do sort of feel like this whole exercise has been invalidated a little bit by the new Caroline Polachek album, <laughs> um, which I cannot oh. stop listening to. And I think uh, all the songs on that album are better than anything that we're about to talk about in the next hour. So please know that, uh, you know, this is a thought exercise, but Caroline, once again, like, has destroyed democracy as we know it. Unfortunately, her album didn't make it in before the submission deadline for this, or else it would have been overtaking. No, and she is represented uh, elsewhere on the bracket in the first division, but unfortunately, So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings did not make it to the final four. That is a shame. It is, but also, like, you know, I like the album, but she's also been so annoying this year that I'm like, you don't, de <laughs> you don't deserve it. <laughs> like, with love. I mean... It is a true like separate the art from the artist because I mean the album is so good and she is just so like personally goofy that like I just can't you know like a yodeling girl from Greenwich Connecticut should not work <laughs> in the way that it does but you know what to be quirked up like that I kind of like you yeah <laughs> we we kind of like you caroline but i um did you read that profile she did with uh i want to say vulture this week yes oh my god yeah she is fucking ridiculous she is fucking ridiculous like for people who didn't see it um 
she and this writer go to like a wildlife preserve in San Diego. And she like, what can only be described as terrorizes uh, a small horse and like the park staff <laughs> like by just like being in a body suit the whole time and trying to get like really slutty with like what like what it, it, it this it's very important to say that this horse is like waist high like this is like a tiny horse she stole one of lisa vanderpump's mini horses <laughs> the that, fact that it's like a successfully cloned horse too oh whatever. yeah i'm like you are fully just pulling shit out of your ass at this point but good on her i kind of like um like the concept with her is like the word concept. She just throws all this shit at the wall just to like see what sticks, but it works for the most part. Like all the visuals for this album have been so um, all over the place, like Greek mythology and like fruit and space age mysticism. But like somehow she's making it work for her. She's really just like a cultural anomaly, in my opinion. Yeah. She's Agreed. also 38, which I always forget. <laughs> so, like, it's like it's... fucking insane. Like, not to be age phobic or whatever, but like, <laughs> that's kind of insane to me. She's truly, truly mother. She is mother. <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen is not see. doing what Caroline's doing, like, finding new ways to innovate. So, so yeah, that's the first of many times this episode we will be disparaging to women, I'm sure. Um, that, has been a recur- that has been a recurring theme across these uh, this 100th episode, but we do not mean it. We love artists. Um, artists such as the 16 we are about to talk about. So in this exercise, in this bracket, uh, 16 past guests have submitted songs for consideration to be uh, chosen as the greatest song of all time. These songs run the gamut from beloved 2000s pop staples to slightly more obscure shoegaze songs and anything in between those two things. Um, All great. This is going to be tough. I have randomized all these songs and put them in the bracket from one to 16. The first seed does not necessarily mean it's the best song and the 16th seed doesn't necessarily mean it's the worst, Um, but it does mean that they have to go up against each other. So are we ready to begin today? Let's do it, Diva. All right, Uh, also important to note, I will be voting in this and it's best of three voting. A lot of rules to this, so. The first seed coincidentally was chosen by the very first guest of Crisis Twink ever, all the way back in April 2021, um, Aditya Joshi, whose cultural emergency was unnecessary sequels in movies, has chosen Dreams by the Cranberries. It will be going up against the 16th seed, chosen by beloved friend of the pod, Allison Swimmer, whose emergency back in January, 2022 was the concept of Chugi. She has picked not a Chugi song, but potentially, you know, basic, but in a good way, I would say. She has chosen Toxic by Britney Spears. So which song is better, Dreams by the Cranberries or Toxic by Britney Spears? 
oh, okay, people are going to be mad at me. But okay. it has, like, as someone of Irish descent, I'm going to have to go with my girl, the cranberries, like Dolores Rudin, <laughs> you're so loved. It's just like, I feel like that's such a perfect song and like the encapsulation of just summery, warm, like enjoyment, jouissance or however you say it, like it's, it's perfect. Yeah, I, I get behind that. Like dream pop is one of those labels that gets thrown around so much, but dreams is one of the few songs that actually kind of sounds like dream and pop agree yeah also the needle drop of it in chunking express is the most magical or it's a oh, cover but even the so fei wong cover magical. yeah i listen to that just as much as i i do the cranberries version actually like it's so good good in a very different way yeah All right, i'm voting for to... toxic though oh i was about to put my my hat in the ring um i would also have to say toxic though there's just something about that song that just Ugh. really yeah. fires something up deep within me um really takes me back to a, a specific place and time which is being a small child yeah but also like it's one of those childhood songs that like it just hits the same now as it did then like I listened to this, I was out at um, like a gay bar in Chicago last night and Toxic came on and I was like, yeah, it just hits, it hits every single time. This is tough. I mean, I am going to go with Toxic here. I, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Toxic here just because I think the impact is more impactful. That is fair. But I don't like, I mean, this was a weird pairing though. Definitely an interesting pairing in the sense that like, I mean, how do you even compare these two songs? Yeah, like you're not really judging. And that, you know, that's the tough thing about randomization and this exercise as a whole. We've had some truly brain-breaking pairings over the past four days. Um, and this, this is not one I would say is even in the top tier of how brain-breaking we've gotten or even are about to get today. Um, it yeah. is like apples and oranges. It's like apples and asparagus. I mean, like you're just not <laughs> even in the same family. Like I would like to hear Britney do a cover of Dreams by the Cranberries though. I mean, oh, it isn't she she has a good covers album in her at some point like if she decides to record music again like a cheek to cheek style reinterpretation of 90s like brit pop and alt rock by britney brit pop by britney spears oh like wait literally brit pop yeah i just got that in the biggest way she does like song two by blur <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be lovely. That would be a good, that would be a great, like, grand return for her. Just because, like, the Elton song was, like, fun, but, like, it was, it was lacking, in my humble opinion. I wasn't gagging. I wasn't gagging either. Like, is it okay to say, well, I mean, it's, I've said it on this podcast. I don't know why I'm asking permission. I'm not a huge Elton John fan in general. Um, In this, like, new trend he's been doing of, like, 
resuscitating his old songs with like young blood let's say it's very it's like madonna-esque derogatory Mm -hmm. it's very it's very stay away from her get a job yeah it's like pastiche revivalism like it's just so lazy like anybody could do a house cover of tiny dancer and that's the kind of stuff that like that goes to number one in the uk automatically and that's fine as like a historian of uk pop music like i feel like sure like this is in the grand tradition of things that they've been doing for literally 30 years now like you know nothing different don't make it come here don't make it come to america (laughs) like put up the wall for elton john i feel that we need kamala to tell them do not come (laughs) i was literally just thinking Well, it's funny you say she is the March Madness Commissioner for this bracket. Um, <laughs> we have not given her a shout out in the four episodes, but thank you, Kamala, for um, maintaining the integrity and the structure of this this 100th episode. We couldn't do it without you. Nothing but love and respect. <laughs> Nothing but love and respect. Okay, so Toxic has won um, in a nail biter. The next one... The eight seed versus the nine seed. Another kind of weird pairing. Um, the eight seed was chosen by Grace Muth, um, who came on the pod last January to discuss the metaverse. She is the number one Lana Del Rey song. Or number, <laughs> oh my God, she is the number one Lana Del Rey stan. And she has chosen Love by Lana Del Rey as her selection. The ninth seed was chosen by Mati Tanazzi Martini, who came on the podcast last March to discuss Virgil Abloh's influence on fashion. She has chosen an Italian pop song as the reigning Italian queen of this this podcast, um, Ciao Ciao by La Representante Delista, most notably featured on The White Lotus this past season. Which song is better, Love by Lana Del Rey or Ciao Ciao? by La Representante de Lista. Another toffee. Yeah. I, I will be honest, I actually had not heard Chow Chow prior to preparing for this cultural event, if you will. Yeah. Um, but as as an Italian ex-woman, it was definitely, it definitely wrung home to me. But <laughs> that being said, um, Lust for Life is actually one of my favorite Lana albums. Um, I don't know what it is about it. I've just like listened to it 10 billion times and like I'll never forget like 2017 or whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. Just like the time I was in and how like how fun that album was kind of to just keep listening to again and again. And I think it's like one of those perfect Lana opener songs. And I think I'm gonna have to go with her. Yeah. I think I agree. It's not even my favorite Lana song, but there is something genuinely so. Ooh, you froze. Angel down. Angel down, angel down. We'll cut this out. And it goes over well. Okay, you you just cut out. Um, You may have to say what you just said again. Maybe just take her from the top. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just try it again. (laughs) <laughs> take, take two. 
they're, they're literally replacing the Wi-Fi in my building. I'm so sorry, but oh, it's okay. So it's not even my favorite Lana song per se, but I have to give it so much credit for being one of those songs where an artist has successfully created a song that is a love letter to their fans and it's good because I feel like that's something that so rarely happens like this one is for fans and it's like the most mid <laughs> shit imaginable and like I feel like this one is actually good yeah I I it's agree like, like she also um it's not only like for about the fans whatever like she also gave people a wedding song that is like not corny or mid it's not like ed sheeran perfect like it's hard <laughs> to make a genuinely romantic song much less one that is literally titled love and it works so well it really does, uh, it does. Okay. should we talk about anw oh my god it's perfect that right especially that ending when it like switches up a little bit i just like the first time i was listening i think like my jaw hit the floor for a good like five minutes yeah the fact that she's talking about the gym from ultra violence and referring to him as jimmy i'm like oh my god the continuity the mythology the stories that we're telling ourselves <laughs> it's a magical ass song no, it, it is a magical ass song. And one, like, it sounds like all of her eras put in a blender, but not in a bad way necessarily. Like she really is so good at, like she's good at Easter eggs in the same way that like Taylor's good at Easter eggs. Like she she's really good at synthesizing all the different <laughs> like emotions of her, that like the different like versions <laughs> that like in incarnations that she's gone through over the past 10 years into like something it's this is it's like a frankenstein stitch of a song but it's somehow it's so cohesive like a thousand percent great. yeah it is very like for professionals only like don't try this at home <laughs> no, i'm i'm also so excited to hear the rest of the album like oh my the god genesis track i just like i don't even <laughs> yeah i don't even have like an expectation for it like i can't mentally prepare in any shape or form and she i love it when she works with father john misty too i'm almost surprised they have not done like a collaborative album i feel like it's in the works yeah i would be willing to bet that they at least have like something in the vault that they would be willing to drop at some point like it's on the back burner they just yeah also, yeah. my friend Addie, I feel like this is such a succinct description of AMW. He described it as her sicko mode. <laughs> and honestly, like, yes, it is. It is. To a T. Like, it's magical. She's both Travis and Drake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't need, she can do herself what it takes two men to do. And that is the power of Lana. The other, like, it's interesting you mentioned the sicko mode comparison too, because that song was everywhere for like a solid year almost. AW is already a ginormous hit in the way that like none of her solo non-remix stuff has actually ever gone viral. Um, 
like some forecasting predicts for it to be in the top 10 this week of the billboard charts oh my god that's exciting yeah. that would be that would be incredible because she's only had two top 10 songs the first of which being the summertime sadness remix which she what, hates famously yeah and also like <laughs> The, I don't feel like the fans claim that as much either. Like, I, I don't, I definitely have not heard that outside of like 2013 or, or whatever it blew up. Um, and then the Snow on the Beach is her other one. I definitely think the Summertime Sadness remix was like good for helping people get into Lana. Like, I know a lot of people who like heard that song and then went on to like explore more. And I feel like most people in that boat too will tell you like, now like the original version better but mm-hmm. it's definitely an interesting moment for her like a good catapult if you will yeah what well, i mean it definitely like mainstreamed her in a way that I, if born to die had come out in 2022 or 2023 it would have been as big as the new sis album i think like every single song would have just really hit the zeitgeist in a way that like I mean it feels so much more mainstream now like that kind of music and that those kind of like sentiments but also it took her releasing that album when she did to get it mainstreamed it's the alpha and the omega of mother in a way shout out women for real (laughs) shout out women for real um okay let's move on to the next oh god uh the fifth seed versus the 12th seed um this is a really hard choice the fifth seed was chosen by grant cordis who came on this past september to talk about the death of 2010's alt rock um he has chosen heartbreaker by mariah carey featuring jay-z and the 12th seed was chosen by Gifford Elliott, who came on in June 2022 to talk about Nancy Drew video games. He <laughs> has chosen Ray of Light by Madonna. So which song is better, Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey or Ray of Light by Madonna? Oh, this is evil. It's yeah. evil. And this is why randomization ultimately doesn't work. Like, you think, you think you've created an even playing field by doing a little, like, shuffle. No, not the case. You, you've you've come up with worse problems than you've started with. And I, I just think this is not right for us to make this choice. Like, this is like semifinals material. Yeah. And like, we've definitely had hard choices um, prior to this. Like, the first round of this with um, Max and Lizzie of Spinner's Club, we had to choose between teenage dream and baby one more time in either the first or second round i don't remember like the the bracket style setup has its pros and cons i'll just put it that way um that being said i am voting ray of light for this i think i'm gonna have to do the same heartbreaker is a lovely song and very fun but like ray of light just is like a bit more timeless and like a little more I don't know what it is. A little more motherly, if you will. 
I mean, I think I also agree, but I do have to give a bit of a requiem for Heartbreaker in the sense that it is the perfect Sunday morning cleaning the apartment song. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a perfect song. And you know what, Mariah, I am a lamb for sure, but I'm sorry, there's just something perfect about Ray of Light. Yeah. The, the music video in particular, I feel like, is the deal breaker for me. That just takes it to the next level. It all comes down to innovation when you're making this choice. Like, they're both perfect pop songs, but as much as I love Heartbreaker, and as much as I love the Heartbreaker music video for introducing the concept of an evil arch rival played by the pop singer herself, just in a brown wig or a blonde wig, I don't remember who's evil in that. Um, I, I love that trope. It's And thank you, Mariah, for being an innovator in that field. Heartbreaker really is kind of like fantasy part two. Mm-hmm. Oh, it 100% is. Yeah. And that's not bad. Like a lot of like the best pop songs in history are like, well, let's just try it again. Versions of like what worked the first time. But Ray of Light still like sounds like nothing else. It's insane how much it just like stands the test of time. And yeah. it fully is. It's, I mean, the album as a whole too, in my opinion, like it just fully is in its own playing field. It's my actually my favorite Madonna album by far. I think I agree with that. That's tough though. Like, honestly, if you made me pick my favorite Madonna album, this is such a cop-out, but her Immaculate Collection and then I guess the one that she released in like 2009 that has like, I mean, everything from um, the 2000s in it too. Like it's really like this the celebration. Yeah. Like the, the um, just listening to all those singles back to back to back to back. It's like, you really get a scope of this woman's talent. Like, you know, I don't know what you, what say you move. I, uh, I don't know, there, it's like one of those things where she just has like so much music that like it's hard to really, truly pick a yeah. favorite, but Rayla is definitely, definitely at the top. Um, I love that she's kind of like on her little comeback right now, comeback's not the right word, but like mm-hmm. on her little resurgence, if you will, and she's just like having fun with it. Like, I think she also forgets how old she is sometimes like in the best way i know yeah. that was phrased That's... poorly but no, like, it's she true. acts it's like true. she acts like mm. she's a 20 year old girl and like i love that like she's just having fun living life and i don't know it's very special she's definitely like in on the joke too yeah. like she's always been in on the joke and just like she a lot of you know current celebrities could take notes from her about not taking just like not paying attention to any fan response whatsoever like doing your own thing like all you know full speed ahead um I mean the only thing the only like controversy she's really like engaged with recently is like when people were super mean about her appearance after the Grammy she actually said something about it which she never does but also that felt justified because it's like Mm -hmm. like yes it's okay I think it's you're within your rights to like criticize people for 
calling you like a turnip with lips like i don't think that's very nice <laughs> yeah and i'm quoting someone i'm quoting yeah i'm quoting a mean comment i'm not i don't can i don't condone it doesn't Honestly. have the drew haskins stamp of of approval yeah i mean i look i love madonna so much and i I even loved Madame X. I'll go to bat for Madame X too. Like she, I did too. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I actually think Medellin is one of her better lead singles. I'll go as far as to say that. Honestly, like then Comey go, let's take a trip. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I still. Yeah. That song, um, I was living in LA when that song came out. And I think it was like April 2019. And that song is a perfect, like, april it's the weather's getting a little warm like you're letting summer into your life like very it's vencomigo like that that's kind of what april is it's a vencomigo kind of month certified vencomigo moment (laughs) okay so madonna has won handily there but um r.i.p heartbreaker you did well this matchup is fucking bananas the fourth seed versus the 13th seed the fourth seed was picked by sara soto who came on last may to discuss Daddy Yankee's retirement. She has picked the jazz standard Spanish Flea by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. The 13th seed um, was picked by multiple uh, multiple time fan favorite guest, Sarah Hilligus, who has come on at various points in Crisis Twink's uh, long storied history to talk about uh, dating and Kate Middleton being a demon from hell. She has chosen Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. So which song is better? Spanish Fleet by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass or Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie? <laughs> so it is so fitting for Fergie, one of the craziest women who has ever lived to be locked in battle with Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Like... This is a very like it's like Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I have no idea how to vote for this. I'm sorry. I feel like I just gotta go with like the initial, the initial thought, which is probably "Big Girls Don't Cry." Mm-hmm. Um, just like a timeless song. So. So you think that's more timeless than a song that I believe is literally 60 years old? <laughs> yeah. Well, it timeless to be. It's it is the it, this um Spanish Flea is the second oldest song uh that has actually ever competed for Tear the Community Apart. Um the oldest being uh, Silent Night, the 1850s Christmas Carol, which lost to All I Want for Christmas is You in the <laughs> Christmas edition of, of, uh, of uh, Price of Strength this past year. Like, Big Girls Don't Cry, like, the Duchess almost doesn't get enough credit for being, like, borderline teenage dream-esque in how good those first like four or five singles are like a thousand percent agree and also it's like one of the first one of the albums that comes to mind in terms of like consistently good visuals as well like the clumsy music video yes it's just music video like she was fully she had the budget Mm -hmm. yeah she had 
she had budget. All those music videos are really ugly. I will say, I will say that. Like, they're definitely like cinematic in scope, but like cinematic in the same way that like a Transformers movie is. Like, <laughs> I recently rewatched the Fergalicious music video. And it's very similar to California Girls by Katy Perry in terms of candy um, and candy coated <laughs> visuals. Um, <laughs> the Fergalicious music video looks like someone smeared a very thin layer of mud over the camera lens. Like it is brown. That video <laughs> is so brown. Like it's like the candy looks dusty. it's been a little while you gotta dust it off (laughs) yeah i mean and maybe that's just the cameras they had in 2006 i'm not a i'm not a film major i don't know these things but um i don't think off the top of my head though i know what the big girls don't cry music video looks like i honestly don't remember because clumsy is actually really good i like the pop-up book I was just video. watching it the other day. Yeah. It was so good. Even the London Bridge music video is something. It's certainly it's, something. I can't think of a more like 2000s music video than the London Bridge video. Everything about it. She really like that video is all like brown pants. <laughs> she <laughs> loved a fudge brown high length like capri pant with little with twists like, on the cuffs like and some sort of cargo aspect to it she was the pocket queen of pop music <laughs> in 2006 no um, one was doing it like her no one was doing it like her you know i feel bad i would never malign anyone's submissions for this bracket spanish flea is an odd choice um <laughs> for the fit of this program like, but I like, I've heard Spanish Flea so much in my life. And I I don't think I've actually ever talked about this on the podcast. Like I was in jazz band for a really long time in middle school and high school as a saxophone player. Oh, and I'm like actually very familiar with a lot of Herb Alpert songs. I like Spanish Flea a lot. And I feel bad saying that this venerated icon of jazz who um, brought a lot of uh, Latinidad to... American record collections in the 60s and 70s is going to lose to Stacy Ferguson, one of the craziest people who's ever lived. <laughs> like, I I think it has to be Big Girls Don't Cry here. I'm going to have to go with it, too. I'm sorry. Sorry to Herb Alpert. Wait, is he, <laughs> is he with us still? <gasps> oh, my God. He's alive. He's so... Okay. He's not even, not just alive. He's only 87. Oh. Her, I thought we're he, so sorry if you hear this. <laughs> I hope he does. But like, I think he wrote Tequila too. Now that's a different thought exercise. If Tequila went up against Big Girls Don't Cry, I think Tequila's winning. Tequila. Oh, I got vote for Tequila. Damn. <laughs> that's... So, something about those lyrics just really does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> like Lana took notes on tequila. <laughs> right? It is, it's very comforting to know that like 
if the spectrum from end to end is Spanish flea and tequila, Big Girls Don't Cry is right in the middle of that. (laughs) That is the kind of spectrum I can get behind. Okay, so great matchup. All right, next one. The third seed versus the 14th seed. The third seed was chosen by Eddie Byrne, who came on in September 2021 to talk about Christy Carlson Romano's YouTube channel. Remember that. Um, He has chosen the song... My God, Disco Tits by Tovalo. The 14th seed was chosen by friend of the pod, Carrie O'Donnell, who came on in March 2022 to discuss Martha Stewart's Instagram. He has chosen the 1980s uh, early shoegaze classic, Doot Doot by Freur. Which song is better, Disco Tits by Tovalo or Doot Doot by Freur? See, here's the thing. Card carrying shoegaze stand. Yeah. However, there is, there's just something about that song when it comes to disco tits. Like, it is, it's one of those, like, you know, staples that actually, like, you, has merit to it. And, like, whenever it comes on in the club, like, I'm going to throw something. Like, that is a magical song. It really fires up something deep within. It does. I I do, I love Disco Tits. Disco Tits, with the benefit of hindsight, feels to me a little bit like a trial run for what she is doing on Dirt Femme more successfully. I can see that. To me. That's a good take. I really love Disco Tits. I think it's like definitely one of her best songs, but it it there's something a little demo-y about it. And I don't want to I don't want to kick a horse while she's down cuz she did just cancel her Chicago show like last night cuz she uh, got the flu, but um I'm going with Duke Dude here. Like I mean, I really I really like that song uh it was on rotation pretty heavily uh in my dad's car growing up so i don't know i have a lot of sentimental attachment for it so i'm going with dude dude with love to disco tits because i do really like her obviously i think dude dude is very lovely um however i am going to have to go with disco tits there's just like something about it um and I also think it could partly be that I just saw her, she was in New York last weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that live was just like such such a little treat. I'm glad it's on the set list. Though I guess like, how could it not be? Yeah, I don't know how she could not have it. I was surprised that it was like kind of early slash like in the middle of the set list. I would have expected it to be like closer to the end. Well, Sorry, spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, yeah, please continue the spoiler alert, too, because I'm, Tofla is one of those people, I I have a really hard time gauging her, like, fan base, almost, because, like, I know, we all know gay people love her, we know this, but, like, is she closing out with, like, quote-unquote gay fan favorites, like, no one dies from love, or is she closing with, like, 
habits. More mm. like no one dies from love. Okay. That was the last song. Interesting. I wonder. I think that would have been a great opener, in my humble opinion. I agree like with real, that. Ooh, real that show is, starter. That would be such a good opener. That was quite possibly one of my favorite songs from from last year. No one dies from love. Yeah, that was my number one pop song of last year. That whole album though is like great. I feel like weirdly underrated and I feel like the not to give them a lot of air but like the pitchfork score really took a lot of the wind out of her sails I thought which is unfair because it's like as soon as she went independent like this is her first independent album if I'm not mistaken yeah so I'm you know what like maybe you didn't have to be so exacting with the criticism but at the same time, I did also really enjoy that review. I mean, I, so Pitchfork is kind of back to being mean. Um, we're recording this a week after they gave the new Monoskin album a 2.0. And the same week that they gave the new Rebecca Black album a 4.4. Um, and the Monoskin review was very much like a classic Pitchfork, like this thing sucks but like here's we're just gonna like punch down kind of for like four paragraphs and have at it i thought the rebecca black one was actually a very well-written review of an album that i i don't know i don't like it i don't i don't really like it and i'm sorry to say that to rebecca because uh she is a former gay kickball teammate of mine but i did not (laughs) like your album very much so oh my god that is such a fun fact (laughs) it is but (laughs) I I I this there's some singles that are good though I will give give it I I will come out as someone who did like the new Rebecca Black album Uh um there were some some moments that I thought could have been a little more fun slash that it could have been longer but overall I'd say I liked it but I mean similar to like Caroline I felt like I heard almost over half of the album prior to it coming out just because right. they yeah. all like releasing singles which I like that artists are doing more singles again but I don't love when an album comes out and you feel like you've heard like half of it already I feel like my issue with the Rebecca Black album is that she ascribes to the Dorian Electra school of hyperpop which to mm-hmm. me is a misunderstanding of hyperpop <laughs> As much as I do enjoy some of her newer stuff, like it just seems to me like, you know, you got the spark notes of hyperpop like 20 minutes before you entered the studio. Like it's like, I'm personally not gagging. Yeah. The review made a very salient point about how a lot of C tier pop artists and like bedroom pop artists are throwing on hyper pop as a costume right now to you know shorthand themselves into like artistic legitimacy in a way and I think that is a good point I mean we've talked a lot for whatever reason over the past few weeks about 100 gex um I have not listened to the new 100 gex song that just dropped like two or three days ago but like they 
they really like made a mark on the broader like electronic music community in a really short period of time but i think because they came out of the gate so strongly and then everyone immediately started imitating them and like the pc music crew like now that they've come back their music sounds so generic because everyone else is doing the same thing and like it it sounds so t- 2019. hard agree I, yeah. I personally don't enjoy the new 100x stuff at all yeah like you know they hit on something very deep at that time but like i think everyone's moved on in the same way that like people are now releasing new like like still releasing pop punk songs like my spotify new music friday like the whole like the lower half of it is all these like identical little pop punk songs and it's like travis barker had his moment last year for like six months like we moved on pretty quickly from all this we don't need to keep it was killed by a woman named gail is who it was (laughs) a b c d e f u has ruined pop punk forever definitely agree with that all right, let's move on to the sixth seed versus the 11th seed. Um, the sixth seed was chosen by music writer in front of the pod, Larry Fitzmorris, who came on this past August to um, discuss Renaissance, the album by Beyonce. He has chosen the epic George Michael ballad, One More Try. Um, the 11th seed was chosen by multiple uh time fan favorite guest julia gray and co-host of my uh hbo girls recap podcast girls room julia oh i said julia gray already julia gray julia gray julia gray um (laughs) she has chosen what you waiting for by gwen stefani so which song is better one more try by george michael or what you waiting for by gwen stefani (laughs) okay so Here's the thing. I am a recent adoptee of What You Waiting For. I Whoa. am Lord. Okay, so like I had always listened to Love Angel Music Baby, but like I that wasn't one of the songs that like I typically engaged with. Um recently, however, it is to me such a perfect pop song in the sense that like what an album opener, especially like as heard like. It's like a declaration of intent with Love yeah. Angel Music Baby. Like it really just like establishes like what the album is striving for so successfully. And you know what? That's not my favorite George Michael song either. So I have to go with Love, uh, the, What You Waiting For. Yeah. Miv, what, what I, say you? I think I would have to agree, especially about like George Michael has some some decadent tracks and um, one more tries not at that the top of that list in my my personal humble opinion um but yeah I'm gonna have to go with what are you waiting for yeah I mean I I agree um Bobby you make a really good point about it being a declaration of intent I think that's the perfect way to sum it up um it was also, I mean, the first single for her entire solo era, period. Um, and to come out that hot with a song that weird. Um, and it, I mean, the music video is so good for it too, but all, like also like 
the last good music video that had Alice in Wonderland imagery to like <laughs> that like we don't need to be doing that anymore um it's so good I would also like to shout out there there's a Franz Ferdinand cover of what you waiting for that they did for a BBC live lounge I guess this must have been 05 so they were in their like imperial phase too like Franz Ferdinand was my favorite band when I was in elementary school and it is an incredible cover so everyone go check that out um, I love One More Try, though. And I loved, I mean, I love George Michael, too. Weirdly kind of underrated, right? I agree. To me, he's one of, like, the few gay men that gay men recognize as making good music. Yeah. And even still, I feel like he's under-recognized. Yeah. Who he's, like, one of those people that everybody knows, but, like nobody gives enough credit to kind of yeah especially when you like i'm just gonna you know limit this to like the discussion of like gay men within quote-unquote mainstream pop music because like it like i i mean i perfume genius and those types of people like are they're not in the same like they're playing different sports than george michael was playing so i'm not like i'm not including that but like you think about the music George Michael was making as like a closeted and then out gay man compared to like Troy Sivan. <laughs> like, and it's like, Jesus Christ, like we've really, uh, like, I mean, The weekend is making like better sounding quote unquote gay catering pop music than our brothers in our, our community right now. Dawn FM being like, an instant classic yeah yeah and like bloom i've heard it it's fine um i was thinking about this yesterday with someone who is both a friend and a foe with this podcast i'm deciding omar apollo omar apollo is a hot gay guy who has like i i don't mean to be crass like raw sexual appeal the likes of which most gay pop stars do not have most male pop stars in general do not have why is he making music that sounds like Megan Trainer? I just I think it's so crazy to me like he he has a lot to work with and I think he has good taste so like why is everything so fucking boring yeah I'll for a second and say that I've never heard an Omar Apollo song and that speaks volumes yeah that speaks volumes Lil Nas X is like, I mean, okay, Lil Nas X, I think, though, is a better gay celebrity than he is a gay musician. Agreed. Yeah. Very, like, influencer vibes. I heard from a bird that this season of Drag Race is going to feature a Lil Nas X lip sync. And that made me, I was like, initially I was like, oh, cool. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, "Uh, actually, I don't know if this is a good idea because it's like, the music's not that great like are we is that okay to say like sorry it's it's like surface level like it's not terrible but like there's just it's lacking a bit of depth like I remember when the album came out and like I was definitely interested to hear it and there were some songs that were like nice to listen to at first but like it's just one of those albums that I like I listened to and then I moved on and haven't really looked back. Yeah. 
I just wish there was like a middle ground between like Troy Sivan like respectability pop music and like unholy like why can't we get something that's like you know pleasant to listen to and like actually gets the crowd going though I was at like at a gay bar last night and people really like like the non-online sector of gay men love unholy it just yeah I know it is puzzling people are making faces on the zoom right now like (laughs) It was, a, it was definitely a song. Like I can I can certainly say that about it. It's a song you can press play on and then press pause on just as quickly. <laughs> or just like next. Ugh, it's not, it's just not great. Okay. So what you're waiting for is one unanimously. All right, the seventh seed versus the tenth seed. This one is so fucking brain breaking and so hard. I actually cannot believe they got paired together randomly like this. Um, the seventh seed was chosen by Yanni Tesoris, who just came on a few weeks ago to discuss the Rolling Stone best singers of all time list. The King of Winnipeg has chosen Joni Mitchell's A Case of You. The 10th seed was chosen by multiple time guest Alina Mitra, um, Crisis Twinks resident Bravo expert, she has chosen Supercut by Lord. So which song is better, A Case of You by Joni Mitchell or Supercut by Lord? I just knew, I knew that was gonna be the other song. (laughs) Bobby, let's start with you. How are you, how are you feeling here? Okay, this, (laughs) is going to maybe get me some hate. But personally, not my favorite Joni Mitchell song. Um, I understand why it's good. I love the reference in Clara or in Clara's song Bags. Like, yeah, great song mm-hmm. for sure. But to me, Supercut might be a better song. Like that outro, yeah. Perfect. Very valid. How are you voting, Miv? I, I think, I kind of think I'm going to have to go with Supercut. Um, a Case of You is definitely a good song. And like, I've never actually really been super, super into Joni Mitchell, but um, that is one of the handful of songs that I have appreciated. But there's something about Supercut. There's something about melodrama. Um, and actually, it's funny because you were making a, something about, you said something earlier about like um, when a song is like a continuation of another song and like Supercut's kind of like a continuation of ribs a little bit, but like mm-hmm. in a situation where I feel like it's done very well um, and not like very like surface level. But there's just something about that song that is just like, too good every single time. I I have to agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, You know, does it feel weird to be like, this Lord song is better than Joni Mitchell? A little, (laughs) like a little, but I think that's also just recency bias working against itself in a way. Like, yeah, like we've been listening to A Case of You for 50 years. 
and it's great. It is also a gateway Joni Mitchell song, not like the best. Yeah, it's not like, I would not call it even a top tier Joni Mitchell song. Like, I think it's like, it's a great song. It's a great song, but like, it's it's a song you use to get into more Joni Mitchell. Whereas Supercut, <sighs> Supercut's pretty close to her best song, I think. Agreed. And like, a defining song of the past 10 years. Relatedly, have you heard like the, I guess for lack of a better phrase, the drug theory when it comes to Lord albums? No. no. So, well, actually, I guess it's not even a theory. She's, I'm pretty sure she's like actually confirmed this. Um, each of her albums is defined by the substance she was consuming at the time. Mm-hmm. So pure heroin alcohol, Melodrama was Molly and Solar Power was Weed. And so for me, like Melodrama, like the fact that it is described as like the Molly album, like Supercut is the perfect encapsulation of that in terms of like, you know, the rise and the come down, especially that like outro is so like come down core. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, first of all, it makes so much sense like to contextualize the albums like that, but especially with Supercut, like that is just, like it makes the song click even more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked Solar Power overall, but I think maybe the drug could have also been Trazodone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Ambien. Yeah, or just like sunscreen. Like it's <laughs> boring. I mean, like, look, I do like Solar Power. Um, in the same episode, we talked about um, Renaissance, Larry Fitzmorris, and I talked about Solar Power because it was more or less the one-year anniversary of Solar Power. Um, it has aged better than you than people kind of give it credit for. Um, it's not successful, and like the combo, like weed albums in general, not I don't find them that great. Like, I don't, weed is not necessarily, like, an, like, don't take drugs for inspiration or whatever, but, like, I don't, I don't feel like weed begets, like, good music, really. Um, and, like, albums about, like, dealing with fame are also kind of a mixed bag, usually, too. Yeah, I forget which song it is specifically, but the one that she's talking about, like, fame a lot on, like, something about, like, from the car to the next car whatever like that one just did not do it for me and like the parts where she's talking about like her struggles with like being in the public light like yeah I don't know I just didn't maybe it's because I'm not a female global pop star um and also like Jack Antonoff is not good at these like noodly jam band kind of songs like he is really good at writing pop music which is why like a and w for as long as that song is like that's like an actual good pop song especially the second half of it like i mean i'm an anti-hero stan i think anti-hero is like one of the best songs taylor's done in like five years um and i think and it's because it's like a jack antonoff pop song but like the i mean i know bobby you're like a claro stan i thought that Claire, the most recent Clara album was like sonic ambient <laughs> to me. Like, 
Interesting. And it's because there's no like there are pop songs on immunity. There are no pop songs on sling. True. Except, oh no, go on. Amoeba. Yeah, yeah, like that's the one that I feel like is the poppiest. Honestly, though, I was speaking of Joni, like she was kind of in her Joni bag with sling. And mm. I feel like for some reason, and I still to this day do not know why, that is one of Jack Antonoff's slumber fests that I personally enjoy. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes it hits, like, I'm a way bigger fan of, like, chemtrails over the country club than I think a lot of, a lot of Lana stands are. Like, that might be my, like, slumber fest of choice. Um, like, those albums also suffered, I think, by coming out back to back to back, more or less. But I would rank them chemtrails, then solar power, then sling. Ooh. I think I think I would have to say the same. I'm a, a for abbreviation sake, a cock supporter. Uh, <laughs> but blue banisters makes chemtrails look horrible by comparison. I mean, not they're not horrible yeah. albums, but blue banisters is like a thinking man's top three Lana album. When people say that it's a bad album, I'm like, you are making this up yeah <laughs> i'm like listen again like dealer thunder the title track cherry blossom like that that is a perfect ass yeah it's it's black, really really, black really good. Suit. oh Ooh. i love black bathing suit such it a treat album ever yeah 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 it's it's it is for fans only in a way a lot of her other work isn't, but not necessarily a bad thing. Like she really is like, if Chemtrails is kind of a rough draft for Blue Banisters, like she really wrote a great final draft. Like, it's okay. so funny. I oh, know, go on. Like, it's funny you say that because I, when I was in undergrad, I wrote a Blue Banisters review and I said like, it is for the fans. Like it is her. <laughs> In on the joke and making an album like for the fans the fact that she was on instagram live doing like dealer demos and all of that stuff like it's like you're either in on it or you think the album is bad and if you think the album is bad i feel sorry for you yeah it's just if you get it you get it you don't you don't okay we have one more matchup in the first round and then we have to move on to the second round because um we got a lot to cover still um, the second seed is Love Me More by Mitski. It was chosen by Ali Hardebeck, uh, who came on in October 2021 to discuss scammer girls like Caroline Calloway and Anna Delvey. Um, incredible choice. The 15th seed was chosen by Marissa Jones, who came on in May of last year to discuss Kendrick Lamar's new album, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. She has chosen another TDE rapper's song, Crazy by Dochi. So which song is better? Love Me More by Mitski or Crazy by Dochi? I'm All going right, with Mitski. Yeah, I'm feeling the same. I also like don't, I like have not listened to Dochi much besides that. Um, what's that song with SZA that oh, Lisa uh, Barlow uses in like every, <laughs> every Instagram story? It's so crazy she uses that song because that song is about weed and Lisa Barlow. I like I don't think Lisa Barlow has smoked weed a day in her life. I don't think she's been in the presence of weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> she's like, she's like, get that away from me. I, I don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a Laurel Hell skeptic in many ways. Um, but Love Me More is great. Um, I saw her headline pitchfork this past year. And I mean, she's like a fantastic live performer or performer in general, but Love Me More is like an incredible, like crowd pleasing sing along song. Like great. She's good at writing great pop music. And this is like definitely one of her great pop songs. I'm like personally a Laurel Hell enjoyer. Um, I don't know if it's like, it's definitely not my favorite Misty album by any uh, sense of that word, but I feel like with Love Me More, like she really encapsulated like her intent with Laurel Hell very well, where she is like, my fans are really fucking annoying. And I, <laughs> you know, love me so that I can make more material. Like it's, it is like a perfect way for her to sort of encapsulate what she is trying to go for. Yeah. With Laurel Hell, even if some of the other songs aren't as good per se. So I think I'm also going with Love Me More. Sorry, Dochi. I love Crazy. Crazy works better for me as a music video than it does as a song. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about Declaration of Intent, though. Like, that's kind of the her, that's her first major label single, I believe. And, like, great artistic statement for, like, this is my new era. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and then following it up with persuasive, which is like nothing like crazy. I mean, you know, kind of weird. And I'm not disclaimer that uh, I am a former employee of Capital Music Group. Capital Music Group is not always great at single selection and artist development. So I really hope that she uh, focuses in on what works for her in the future because she is very talented. Okay, let's move on to the second round here. Um, we got some heavy hitters to choose between. Um, the first match up here, uh, the 16th seed versus the eighth seed. Which song is better, Toxic by Britney Spears or Love by Lana Del Rey? Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, Christ. Um, look, I'm going to have to give it to Toxic. I'm sorry. It's I love Lana. This we're finding Stan sister community on this chat here today, but like, you know, yeah, no. Even as even as a a lust for life truther, I I can't I can't sleep right putting love over toxic. So I'm gonna have to go to give it off to toxic. Even as someone that voted for dreams in the first round, toxic is undeniable. Like yeah. You just have- yeah yeah like like what can you even say about toxic that hasn't been said it's like one of the most like written about pop songs in the history of music like everyone's talked about like how weird and good and catchy this song is like and love is a a beautiful song by lana del rey that is like in my top five lana but Probably not most people's, I would hazard a guess. Cute next to gorgeous. Can I say cute next to gorgeous has been said by at least one person in every single bracket that we've done so far. 
<laughs> Thank you, Tiffany Pollard, for like redefining critical analysis for moments like these. Like sometimes, like I wish I could have put cute before gorgeous on my SATs. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't like it's definitely acceptable to do that now, and that's uh, that's all we can say here. Okay, this is um this is a fun matchup. I feel bad for well the 13th seed but the 12th seed versus the 13th seed which song is better ray of light by madonna or big girls don't cry by fergie so to recap fergie's big girls don't cry has now gone up against uh the herb albert in the tijuana brass and then arguably uh one of madonna's best songs i i think it's gonna have to be madonna absolutely there's just another situation where like i just can't in good conscience no it's it's it would be immoral to vote for fergie over madonna (laughs) (laughs) like i mean if 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 any one of us tried voting for fergie over madonna i think our laptops would explode and we would be killed by the shrapnel like as as a circle of niche internet micro celebrities (laughs) i do not i do not think it's safe for anyone to to pick big girls don't cry here but i love big girls don't cry and i've also been sort of like misnaming it because the song is called big big girls big 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 girls don't cry parentheses personal so it's it's really important to get that par- parenthetical in there. Stacy, we're so sorry for Stacey, coming after your personal hit. We're so sorry. I um so I read every so every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, this is a plug for them. Stereo Gum does this column called the number ones, in which they go through every number one Billboard Hot 100 song in the history of the Billboard US charts. And they just did London Bridge this week um, because they're in 2006 right now. And Fergie, I mean, she is one of those, like, and I say this with love, like she's one of those like LA cockroaches that just has always been around in some form. Like she was in, I I always forget that she was in Mickey Mouse Club with, or like Kids Incorporated, one of those two things with like Jennifer Love Hewitt and Christina Aguilera like that whole she was just like there and then she joined a girl group got addicted to meth dated Justin Timberlake when he was 16 and she was 23 and then joined got clean and then joined the Black Eyed Peas this is a lot of new information yeah (laughs) I am processing still (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just trauma dumped <laughs> Stacy Ferguson's <laughs> trauma like it's not mine to dump but what was it her best friend was a hamper or something like that <laughs> there was like this headline like from when she was you know still using and I, I'm pretty sure that is a direct quote it just um Look, she has a way with words and she hears and sees things that we don't, I think. Like, 
<laughs> and it really bears fruit in her music. Like, I, I, only, and I say this with love, only someone who has stared down into the abyss of methamphetamine addiction and come out the other side would write a song like London Bridge. <laughs> that was very eloquently put. I have to be graceful with her. And I, look, Big Girls Don't Cry, you put up a good fight, but Ray of Light is like, it's Ray of Light. Come on. Okay, this next matchup I think is very evenly keeled. Two songs that I don't think um, the third seed could exist without the 11th seed, actually. The third seed is Disco Tits, and the 11th seed is What You Waiting For by Gwen Stefani. Ooh. This is a pretty hard one. Honestly, I think it might have to go to What You Waiting For. I, you have to respect the prototype so to speak like it's I a thousand percent agree in the sense that like disco tits would not exist without this or without love angel music baby generally um so yeah I think I can get behind that in that like like what what you waiting for is definitely like a better song overall probably but like on an emotional level, I feel like I have to go with Disco Tits. Just like more, just like does it more for me. Yeah. Just like something that makes me want to dance a little more. That's fair. It is hard. It, it's kind of hard to dance to a song like What You Waiting For without literally just kind of like just. <laughs> I just made like a little like toddler dance but like it is kind of like a jump up and down like because it's like a punk new wave song just done by Gwen Stefani I mean I look I didn't vote for disco tits to make it out of the first round and I think I, I am going to go with what you waiting for here um just because I think it's a little bit more complete of a song and definitely pretty close pretty close to the best song of Gwen's solo career. It's in the top three for me with Rich Girl and, well, Cool, obviously. Somehow Cool is not in this bracket, which is like, no, I, I like, I, in a hundred episodes, like, you're sh- I was kind of shocked by the songs that were submitted today that I hadn't covered somehow, like Toxic. I'm like, how did I go a hundred episodes without not having this? Or like, not having like dreams by the cranberries even like I don't know yeah I feel like they're such like well known and appreciated songs that like people I don't know your thought is to do something different and unique yeah but then like I mean maybe in 200 episodes when I do this whole thing again like it'll be there will be more things in here to discuss um Okay, last match, but the second such as such as Ice Spice, such as such as Ice Spice will be all over the two hundredth episode. Like she'll have all four songs in the final four. Like um, her collaborations with Bjork, Barbara Streisand, and uh, other luminaries of stage and screen will will be storied 
by 2025 when we do this her Beyonce her Beyonce collab album if she if Beyonce did a renaissance remix album with Ice Spice on like all up in my or all up in your mind or something I mean (laughs) streaming's a plenty streaming's galore the thought of a renaissance um, oh. Oh, no, go on. Oh, ooh. That was the thought. Yeah, so, yeah, the thought the is ooh. <laughs> ooh. I also keep forgetting that, like, Renaissance is just, like, the first part. Like, there's, like, two more parts that are coming, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly according to my sources. <laughs> she... She has, like obstinate defiance syndrome or whatever ODD is that what that's called I don't I she she she's been talking to Rihanna or something because she is just not giving people what we want right now (laughs) you can't um we were just so not a spoiler but like because the episode will have already aired but like for y'all we just talked about Sky Ferreira in the second division um of the bracket and neither of my guests had really heard of her before um before like prepping for this I don't know somehow um and I had to explain that like she just simply hasn't released new music in 10 years (laughs) and they were like how can she do that and that was a question I just I didn't have the answer for like in in that episode I called it very um queer coded and George Santos-esque um, in that like she is addicted to like promising things that she has no intention of ever delivering no interest in even attempting to deliver and yet she says it and That's I feel like chic. we're it's very chic and I, look Beyonce and Brianna can do it more successfully because looks with love to sky ferrera but she's not like up there she's, she's not no in the pantheon. she's <laughs> sky ferrera she's no Beyonce. somebody somebody um, has to be brave enough to say it, and that's uh, what i'm here for okay we have one last matchup here um 10th seed versus the second seed which song is better super cut by lord or love me more by mitski this is an easy one for me. It's super cut. Love Me More yeah. is like a super cut uh, inspired tune. Super Let's cut say. dupe. Dupe. <laughs> it's it's the ordinary version of super cut. <laughs> mid, mid cut. It's, I mean, look, everyone was saying mid ski when that album <laughs> came out, but <laughs> with love, I mean, look, be the, it's hard to follow up something like Be the Cowboy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's good. It's a good, and it let Laurel Hell has its, its high points. I think Working for the Knife is like a top tier Misty song, top tier alt song from the past few years. But um, yeah, it's once again, classic case of cute before gorgeous here. Um, okay, we're on to the final four. Um, this matchup is potentially the hardest one we've had in four episodes um which song is better toxic by britney or ray of light by madonna 
mothers and daughters once again mothering and daughtering all over the place all right before we like get to answering i keep like forgetting what we had previously picked like i definitely have the ability to have like thought through what these matchups would be and every single time i'm just like i wonder what it's gonna be no i think the element of surprise caused by our like absolutely crippled attention spans is like (laughs) honestly good for the listening experience and like the experience of being an active participant in this yeah couldn't agree more thanks mental illness (laughs) you won this time you won basti (laughs) um i have no idea how i'm voting i'm gonna ray of light okay it's just I mean, I don't know, like, at least for, like, what it stood for in Madonna's career, like, I have to give Ray of Light, like, it's it's dues, because it was a late or mid-career, you know, sort of revival for her. I think, like, the reason why this is tough for me, at least, is, like, Toxic's probably, like, a song that I would, like, I'm more likely to think of or like more likely to put on just like in the day or something like that. But like Ray of Light is definitely just like a a better song overall and probably has just like a, I think will ultimately have a more lasting impact. Um, And for that reason, I will give it to our youthful queen Madonna. Yeah, I mean, my vote doesn't matter here, um, but my voice will be heard regardless. I do... I think this is just, it's an impossible choice to make here. Um, I think in terms of like impact and influence, like Ray of Light's kind of hard to argue with, especially, yeah, with, especially when you consider the narrative of the career, Ray of Light is such a pivotal moment that like, but Toxic is also, was also a very pivotal moment for Britney too. Like In the Zone is a very like, in the Zone is Chemtrails Over the Country Club and Blackout is Blue Bannisters. In that, In the Zone is a really good rough draft for what Blackout would accomplish. Oh, Toxic, Toxic is, if Toxic were on Blackout, I think it would almost get lost in the shuffle. But because it's, it feels like such like an odd, interesting, weird little outlier in her career to that point, it like stands out so much more. I think like it, it just has the benefit of timing on its side. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not as good as most songs on Blackout. So like that, that I think, sure. I think that should disqualify it right away. Um, but the strings in Toxic are one of those great little instrumental hooks that it's like the core essence of why pop music is so good and so catchy. Like these little things that are so indelible and stick with you forever, but are also like weird and interesting. Like, I don't know. I just, I think Toxic is a wonderful masterpiece of a pop song, but it's no ray of light. So for that, it cannot, it it cannot continue to the finals. All right. We love you, Brittany. We love you, Brittany. Um, Last matchup. Supercut by Lord versus What You Waiting For by Gwen Stefani. Oh. Mm. 
I'm voting Gwen. I know I've been talking a big game when it comes to Gwen and how much I love what you're waiting for, but part of me is thinking it might go to Supercut. I don't know. To me, that's actually my, my favorite Lord song. So I may have to hand it to her. I think I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I don't know. It's it's definitely a toughie. Two amazing songs, but like Supercut's just the one that like on a gut level is like sticking out to me. It's so hard to like tell in these matchups, like when I'm coming from like or just like fact based on the song itself versus like on an emotional level, like the experience I've had with it. And I think this one's probably more rooted in like the emotional side of things, but two amazing songs, but Lord is kind of standing out on top for me. And that's that's fair. So Supercut has one. I think I think this is a good choice. Like what you wait, I yeah, I, I, I don't I, I think for me it was just a gut thing too. Like I'm also I love Supercut. Supercut's not not in my top for melodrama. Not in my it's it's very like smack dab in the middle of my rankings, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I know I know that I'm well A wrong and be like completely alone in thinking that but like i still love supercut but it's like a nine versus a 9.5 for me here so we now have our final matchup though this isn't mothers and daughters again um ray of light by madonna versus supercut by lord i supercut to me feels like a really ray of light influence song Agree. In many ways. Does that mean, though, that Array of Light is inherently better than Supercut? Potentially not. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Gay silence. Gay silence. This is no, this is it's the sound of thought, is what it is. Yeah. Silence is the sound of thought. In that, in that, in that space. <laughs> literally, in like the Dalai Lama could never, 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 never. Um, okay, Madonna would say that with a straight face, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, God. I think it's really hard not to give this to Ray of Light, I'll be honest. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, how could you really dispute Ray of Light's sort of significance in comparison to any other song for that matter? I think that's a good point, too, in in terms of, like, overall appreciation-ness. I don't know what the right word I'm looking for here is, like, in terms of, like, Overall reach, maybe, I think Ray of Light definitely kind of surpasses Supercut by a lot. And it's one of those songs that'll, it's shown that it's kind of standing the test of time so far. Whereas, like, I think outside of, like, people who just, like, love Lord Supercut just gets, like, forgotten a little bit. 
like in the sense that like if you say lord everybody like regardless of your relationship with lord everybody thinks of like royals and ribs whereas like i think it's more within like the lord appreciation community that super cuts high at the top yeah that and i mean that's just like lord has maybe an outsized importance to the gay online community than like real world impact um and that's not a knock like you can be gay and famous online or whatever or gay famous online and still be successful and queenish and like all these things that we you know appreciate um but like God, I mean, but also, like, I don't think Ray of Light is, like, more broadly one of Madonna's, like, more beloved songs. That might just be a community thing talking to. I think you're right, though. Like, I I feel like she's got, you know, like a prayer. Yeah. You think about, like, the Madonna songs our parents would like. I don't think Ray of Light's in the top ten. That's fair. I don't think any, but that's also might be recency bias. I don't think anything after like take a bow would be in like our parents' top tens. Unless your parent, unless your dad really loves American life. Like, <laughs> which in that case, like I want to uh, meet your dad. Like send him over, uh, send him over this way, please. Um, but I think, are we all in unanimous agreement that this is a ray of light? Ray of Light has taken the division, taken the bracket. I think so. I think so. I will be honest. This is kind of what I predicted um, mm. at the outset today. Sometimes that's, so it's very, um, I mean, it's very Sky Fits have an ass to be like, look, we've essentially predestined ourselves into choosing, um, choosing this. That maybe like, the spirit of Madonna was audibly calling me and us today. Like we really, uh, we channeled and Ray of Light has won. Gifford Elliott, your choice has made it all the way to the end here. Congrats to Giffy. Uh, This is not a competition, but you did technically by the definition of what a competition is in a game and a structure you have your outcome was the chosen outcome and that is considered a victory. So congratulations, you you did well. Um, Ray of Light has moved on to the final four with the following three songs that have been chosen from Monday to Wednesday prior to now. It joins 212 by Azalea Banks, Smile by Lily Allen, and 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters. Wow. So, wow. So, I'm not voting here because I am participating in the selection tomorrow. But if y'all had to guess which of those four is going to win, what would it be? Two on two. Without my gut, yeah, my gut reaction is two on two. I could, I think, I could make a case for smile, but. Two on two is truly, truly one of the better songs. 
It's definitely one of the better songs. Um, this is, I think, a fearsome foursome. So I, I'm very excited to dive into this tomorrow. Um, everyone get excited for that. Bobby, Miv, thank you so, so, so much for being here today. This was an absolute joy to have you back to, um, you know, I think this was the most peaceable of the four that we've had so far. Um, this was a place for gentlemen and I appreciate the civil discourse we engaged in today. And, um, there was no, this was definitely the first one that uh, no one cried in. So <laughs> thank you for being, tears of laughter mostly, but also um, tears of sadness too, I'm sure. So, cause there is, it's like tears of the tears of a clown, you know, a song that did not make the bracket either. Um, <laughs> where can people find you on social media if you would like to be found? We can start with Bobby. I am on every social Instagram, Twitter, you name it, as Bobby on Main. And yeah. And I I can be found on Twitter at MiddleXCX. Um, and thank you so much for having us, Drew. Always a pleasure to serve a shift in the <laughs> cultural ER. Um, <laughs> we call the we call the fan base here at Crisis Twig, the Navy. Um, we stole. I'm, t I'm taking it back from Rihanna because she hasn't done anything with it. So thank you for. Uh, being on the the good ship, Crisis Twink. You can follow Crisis Twink Pod at Twitter and Instagram for. Uh, direct updates from the pod itself and follow me on Twitter at FK Pigs with a Z and on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's for direct uh something. I don't know. I did I did that out of order than I usually do. So I got my uh, script me messed up. I don't care. All I care about is tomorrow. Come back for the final four gauntlet with extra special fan favorite guest judges. Um, John Boone and Will Sadercock will be joining me. So until tomorrow, bye everyone. <laughs>